we talking about Jesus' amazing birth, which verse did allude to last Sunday. This morning, we just want to take it another way, a different way, but within the, the theme where we want to look at the birth of Jesus himself, how God timed it, how God planned it, and how it was always coming, and what it is that we glean from his birth, and what does it mean to you and to me. We will look at those things briefly and precisely, and we will do whatever else is needed to be done. I need us to understand that Jesus' birth was never a mistake. It was never a second thought because Adam had sinned. Mm-mm. It was always in God's plan because God knew what was going to happen. So God had it planned very much right from the beginning because even if you read in Genesis, the Bible talks about the seed of the woman, and not the seeds, but the seed of the woman, how the devil was going to have enmity with the seed of the woman. And that seed was going to crush eh, the enemy's head, and the enemy would bruise the heel. Eh? Who is the Bible talking about there? I know that you think it is talking about you and all that kind of stuff. You are correct. But there is this seed of the woman where there is no man involved. Yeah, yeah that's why it's called the seed of the woman. Naturally, you are the seed of a man. You are the seed of your father. You and me, we are not the seed of the woman, but the seed of the fathers. But this one is the seed of the woman when no man is involved. I will show you later. But I want us to understand that God planned it. God timed it. And this birth has a whole lot of purpose in it. Time allowing, look at the purpose and see what is in it. But let's begin with Galatians chapter 4. Verse number four, because this is where we take the whole essence of what we want to talk about this morning. Galatians 4, verse number four. Does it appear? Or oh, I read it from my Bible. It's coming. Yeah. It's not delayed. It's coming on time. The Bible says, but when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his Son, born of woman, born under law. When the fullness of time had come. You know, Jesus would have come right in Genesis chapter 3. Because that is where men needed redemption. When the first Adam sinned and rebelled against God, man got himself so oppressed by the enemy, and Jesus would have come then. But it was not the time. God had to allow men to walk for years, years and years, by himself in bondage and in everything else until the fullness of 
time. We need to understand that God does not do anything outside its time. God is a God of time. And if you are going to be successful in your walk with God, you need to understand that he functions on time. And in time. He is not going to do anything in your time, but in his time. A lot of us miss God because we want him to do things in our time and not in his time. A lot of us miss God because we don't understand his time. And we don't understand that his time is not necessarily our time. He doesn't necessarily function in the time of your watches. He doesn't necessarily function in the calendar of your years. His time is a different time. That's why the Bible talks about the children of Israel as those who understood times. And they were always ahead of everyone else. In my language, I would say, you know, they were not all over the place because they understood time. You see, when you understand the time, you are not going to be moved by the things that are happening around you because you know it is not yet time. You see, these days people say a lot of things, a lot of things. And when you don't understand the time, you might even lose your faith, eh? You might even do things that you are not supposed to do. And when you do that, you get so disappointed. I think as believers, we need to understand that the enemy is out there to mislead us. The enemy is out there to deceive us. The enemy is out there to discourage our faith. And one thing that discourages our faith is our misunderstanding of God's timing. Because we want him to do what we want. We tell God what to do. We instruct God. Hello? That is being a baby Christian. You cannot instruct God what to do. He tells you what to do. And he is going to do it in his own time. So the best thing is for you to understand that you are dealing with a being of time. A God who functions not outside his realm. So Jesus would have come long back. Remember the Old Testament, the prophets after prophet are prophesying about the coming of Jesus. Yeah, He is coming. He is coming. And they don't know when. And remember that in their minds, the one who is being prophesied is coming to liberate them politically. Isn't it amazing that even those days they were still looking for political leadership? And you sit here today, you are still looking for political leadership. And they thought that the one who was going to be born was going to be their president, their king politically. He was going to do whatever he needed them to do because they were a marginalized group. They were people in bondage. They really needed somebody strong who can lead them politically. They understood he was going to come, but they didn't understand the time. But when he eventually came, he didn't come the way they expected. No. 
He didn't come through what they expected. In our Ndevele culture, you cannot be king unless you are born in the Mziliga's lineage. Eh? And even those born within the Mziliga's lineage these days, they are squabbling on who shall be king and who shall not be king because many are throwing their candidature to be kings of Ndevele people. But remember, there is a lineage. The same when Jesus appeared, they had different understandings. Where will the king be born? Eh? The king will come from which lineage? David is, Moses is, whoever, whoever. They, they all had these things messed up in their minds so much that when Jesus came, it was not him. How can he be born in Nazareth? How can he be born of a lowly girl called Mary? Who, according to their traditions, he or she already has misbehaved because she got pregnant outside wedlock. You get what I'm talking about? And how can he be born in a manger? The king. Born in a manger. Kings must be born in Mata Day. Kings must be born somewhere with the best nurses and doctors running around, making sure all is well. But guess what? Jesus is born in a manger with donkeys watching. Yeah? No one else. And that alone disqualifies him. But remember, God plans his things. Remember, God's plans are not necessarily our plans. Remember, God does not plan like us. You see, you and me are too fake. You see, you and me are too showy. You see, you and me are too expensive when doing our things. We want people to see, wow, he has arrived. Yeah? With sirens all over the show. Wah, 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 wah. And kicking everyone out of the road. He has arrived. But Jesus doesn't do that. God doesn't do that. While they are waiting for sirens, he is already born in a manger. Are you with me? I'm going somewhere. He's born in a manger. And God appears to his own and tells them, the king is born. You go to a manger and find a baby lying on hay. It's not even lying on a cushy, whatever mattress. It's lying on hay. Donkey hay. Donkeys would have eaten him up when they wanted the hay, but they couldn't. You see, he's lying there. And they go there. They perform what God wants. And you know the story. But what I want us to, to understand is the timing. The place of birth is not a mistake. This morning, I just want to challenge you and me a little bit. See, Jesus is born in a context. Jesus is born in a culture. Jesus is born in a dispensation where people have their own expectations about him or of him, whichever is the correct English. 
They have their own expectations. And because they have got their own expectations, they miss the purpose of his birth. They want him to be what they think they need, what they think they desire. Which has nothing to do with the will of God and the purpose of God for this child. You get what I'm talking about? That's the context. You see, you and me are also born. Remember, you and me have been born twice. We were born in the flesh. And then we were born again. Because Jesus' birth actually depicts your second birth. I'll show you later. So he is born in this context with its own opinions. Every day of his life, he is hearing the opinion of the culture around him. The opinion of the context around him. And because he is not becoming what they expect, they have to reject him. He is fake. Hello? Are you with me? And yet he has purpose. And yet they don't understand that exactly what they are looking for is exactly what he is giving, but he is bringing it in a different formation or methodology. Do you know that you can miss God big time because of your own expectations? I think I have a a slide on that. Do you know you can miss God's will because of your opinions? Do you know you can miss God's will because of what other people's opinions are concerning you? Do you know that there is always God's will and then there is your opinion? The community opinion, the cultural opinion, the traditions of men and everything else. So the choice is with you. Who are you going to please? God or culture? Or men? Or tradition. But I want you to look at Jesus. He is born in this basket. Full of many things. That wants him to become what they want. Not what God wants. But don't you see him overcoming it? Yeah? Not even a single day did he stand for political office. Because they wanted him in politics. Not even a single day did he say to them, yes, I can do it just for now while I'm waiting for God to make the calling. He understood that he was born called. He understood that he was born what God wanted him to to be. He didn't have to do anything else waiting for what God had created him for to manifest. No, he understood that all things in God have got their own time. I don't know about you, but me, I wouldn't be here if I had bowed to human opinions. I wouldn't be here if I had walked according to the expectations of my people, my culture. I wouldn't be preaching Jesus. Yeah? Maybe I'll be in politics. Maybe I'll be dead. You get what I'm talking about? Because your people have an expectation on you. 
They want you to be this. Whether that answers the will of God for your life or not, they don't care. Because they never seek the will of God for you. All they seek is their opinion. We just want this. I became a teacher not because I wanted to be a teacher. I became a teacher because my father wanted a teacher at home. Yeah? So when I finished O-Level, I went for teacher training for him. Not for me. That was never me. But I wanted to please the old man. So that he will go wherever they drink beer and say, my son is a teacher. Yeah? That's all. I did it for his ego. But some way, in that, I knew who I was. And I knew what I wanted. And the day I went to him to say, I'm leaving teaching because I did it for you. I am getting to somebody else's will. It was war. You disrespecting. You are being misled. And all that kind of stuff. How many of us have the guts to turn from the opinions to the will of God? How many of us would listen and hear the voice of God saying, yes, you might be enjoying it. Guys, I was enjoying myself. Good, beautiful. Being ahead, it's nice. Mwah, those days, it was nice. I'm not sure now. Yeah, I was enjoying myself. Turning and shifting to a different thing was different. And it needed God. But because he had spoken, but because I understood what he wanted from me, then I had to move. I'm saying this to say this to you this morning. Where you are, is it God's will or it's your choice? And whatever you're doing, is it God's will for you? Are you sure? Or is it because somebody said, ah, that one is lucrative. There's money there. There is this and that. Do you know that people get into places because they are lucrative? Do you know that in the world they are looking for greener pastures? That's the mentality of the world. Hey, hear me well. In the kingdom of God is always green. Because we are people of his pasture. He feeds us. He provides when we chase greener pastures, we catch poisoned green pastures. Which remove us from his will to our own satisfaction. And we walk by ego and not by faith. We fulfill our egos, not his will for our lives. And the question is, when will you stand up and say no to ego? No to opinions, no to human culture, and yes to the will of God. Because your success, your everything is in the will of God. Talk to your neighbor this morning and say, neighbor, are you in the will or in opinions? I'm not very sure. I'm not very sure. But you know what? Jesus fought the same opinions you are fighting against. He went through the expectations you are going through. 
he went through the context you are going through. But he chose the will. Because he came to you and me how we are expected to carry ourselves in the world. Because we are in the world. Hear me very well this morning. You will never stop the world from exercising or sharing their opinions. No. They have opinions about God. They have opinions about Christianity. They have opinions about the Holy Spirit. They have opinions about the church. They have opinions about everything. But listen, your opinions are useless on matters that heaven has judged You can write them in books. You can sell your opinions and do a lot of TV programs and we clap hands for you as a celebrity. But those opinions coming to what God has already declared, they are useless. And a waste of time. So are you going to sit here as a believer and allow you, allow your purpose to be stolen because of opinions and please people and satisfy people's egos and all that kind of stuff. I would rather have you my enemies and pursue God's will than please you outside God's will. That is faith. Talk to your neighbor and say that is faith. All of us here are born for a reason. All of us here exist for a reason. All of us are alive for a reason. And that reason is not our mama and the dead reason. It's God's reason. And what is it? Jesus knew it. He knew it. And stuck with it. Stuck with it so much that even when he faced with Calvary, he could not run away. Yeah, he stayed the cause. Because he knew the purpose of his birth. He knew the purpose and the timing and everything. Why he was born. He was not born so that there would be a census. And the population has increased. Congratulations. No. That's not the reason why you are born. That's not the reason why you are born again. So that there are numbers in the church. Ladies and gentlemen, the church is not about numbers. The church is about the impact. Church is about the will of God. The church is about manifesting the kingdom of God out there. We can be 20,000 here doing nothing. That is nothing in the presence of God. We will simply die and go to heaven. Congratulations, but we have not done his will here. Because the will of God for the church is to manifest who he is here on earth. Not up there. That's why you're born again and that's why you are here. Hear me well this morning. It's not a mistake for you to be born in Zimbabwe. It's not a mistake for you to be born in Africa. To be born in UK or wherever you were born. It doesn't matter how you were born. In a manger, in the hospital, or in the kitchen, or wherever I was born in a wheelbarrow, I've always told that story. That doesn't make any difference. 
You get what I'm talking about. What is important is the will of God for you. What is important is the why you were born. Why you were born in a Ndebele culture, in a Shona culture, in a white culture. That is what matters. There's nothing superior, there's nothing inferior. Because the will of God is the same across. Are you hearing me this morning? So do you understand your timing of your birth? Pause of your birth. Why you were born in this generation, not in the generation of David? You would not have survived. Yeah? You wouldn't have survived. He knew you. He pre-knew you. And pre-planned and pre-positioned you. You were going to be born in this dispensation. And you were going to win for him. Every begly in this dispensation. Are you with me? Talk to your neighbor and say, this is about you this morning. Do you really understand why you're here? My, my encouragement this morning is don't miss your purpose. The purpose of your birth. Celebrate it. Stop grumbling. Did you ever hear Jesus talk about, no, you know, I was born in a manger. Hey, my, parents were, <laughs> my parents were very abusive. And how could they do that? I want to sue my parents. How could I be born in a manger? And all that. Today you have people in the world who are suing their mothers. Why was I born black? Why was I born there? And all that kind of thing. No, 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 no. That's the mind of the devil. But in Jesus' mind, where I was born doesn't matter. What matters is why I was born. The time I was born in. That's what matters. Are you with me, ladies and gentlemen? Yeah. That's what matters. He never grumbled. He never complained. It never was an issue. All his life. In all his ministry, he never even shared it as a testimony. It was just written in the Bible for you and me to understand the lowliness, the humility that God wanted him to represent. Not that it was a failure. Not that the parents were poor. Not that the parents were abusive. No. It was God's timing and God's purpose and God's plan. The same applies with you. Talk to your neighbor and say you are not a mistake. No one here is a mistake. Ladies and gentlemen, no one here was not known by God before they were born. He knew you. And you were born on that day for a purpose. My prayer is do you understand it? And your purpose is the will of God. Can you walk it through? Despite the challenges, can you stand for God's will? Despite the opinions, despite the cultures around us. Ladies and gentlemen, if you are not careful, you lose your faith in Zimbabwe. Yeah? In Zimbabwe, the context is absolutely stupid. And if you don't really, really, really focus on God, you might lose yourself. Yeah? Are you with me? It's the whole world. 
the whole world, you see men who confess to be Christians. Yeah? Doing all kinds of crazy things. And you are no longer sure who is Christian, who is not. And if you don't know your Christ, you will follow somebody else's Christ. And a crash. Because this other Christ I see is about to crash. Why put the bus that you see it's crashing? Why? Because you don't want to be yourself? Because you think yourself is a disadvantage? Because you think being Christian is not popular? You think being a true believer is not popular? You think standing for Jesus is not popular? It's dangerous. It must be dangerous. But guess what? He eliminated the danger. You are now the most dangerous being on earth. The one you fear is so afraid of you. So afraid that when you show up, they quiver, they quake. They excuse themselves. Yeah? They excuse themselves and go away. Because you have appeared. But look at you, you are scared. Please shake your neighbor and say, be bold, man. People, people. I'm enjoying myself. I need to move on. I have already said his birth had a purpose. Isaiah chapter 9 verse 6. Let's go there. Isaiah chapter 9 verse 6. Let's go there. Quickly. And let's just look at how loaded this man's birth is. Let's, let's just look at a few things there. Isaiah chapter 9 verse 6. Isaiah is talking about this child being born. He is not yet born. But he's seeing him. And for us, for to us a child is born. That word child there is reference to Messiah. For us the Messiah is born. To us a Messiah is born. It's a gentleman, Jesus is the Messiah. There is no other. He wasn't born to be anything else but the Messiah. You see that? The deliverer. And it goes on to say to us, a son is given. Hallelujah. Praise God. And the government shall be upon his soldiers. Now this is the purpose. Now this is why he is born. Eh? Now this is why he is born to you and me. This is, now this is why he is born a Messiah to all of us. The government shall be upon his shoulder. And his name shall be called. Let's move on. See the name. He shall be called Wonderful Counselor. Mighty God. Everlasting Father. Prince of Peace. Let me just. Uh, let me borrow a, a, a big word in English. And say let me elucidate this. <laughs> that is to say let me explain. Simple eh. Let me explain this. <laughs> I think we need to understand when the Bible says a child is born, that the Messiah is born, he is born to reign forever on the throne of David. Yeah? He's going to reign forever on the throne of David. There shall be no other king. There shall be no other leader. There shall be no other Messiah. Jesus is the beginning and the end. He is the first and the last. Anything showing up is fake. Yeah? Anything showing up is fake. There is only one Christ, one Messiah, one King. 
the king of kings. And the other kings are sitting here this morning. That's who he is. Are you with me there? So he shall reign forever on the throne of David. And the Bible gives him names like wonderful counselor. These names of Jesus express his ability to guide and to lead. By the way, he is not a political leader, but he guides politics. Hello? He can influence your politics if you allow him to, to do so. That's why the world doesn't want him in politics. That's why the world will say Christians don't participate in politics. And when you don't, the influence of the kingdom, of his reign, shall never appear in politics. And remember, your day-to-day activities while you are here on earth is politically managed. Whether you like it or not. I'm not talking politics, I'm teaching you. Yeah, it's politically managed. And if you are not involved with the mind of Christ, uh-huh, you know what will happen. So these names show his ability to guide and to lead. He is the living word of God, the infallible source of guidance. He is what we will call the inexhaustible wisdom of God. That's what Jesus is. You're looking for wisdom, get Jesus. Don't go to college. Get Jesus. He's the wisdom, the inexhaustible wisdom. He cannot be compared when it comes to wisdom because he is not teaching wisdom. He is the wisdom. Are you with me? You want wisdom for your life, wisdom for everything. You have it. It has a name. It's called Jesus. You can't walk with Jesus and be foolish at the same time. It doesn't work together. He gives wisdom. The expectation is every believer is wise therefore. Ladies and gentlemen, you don't need a certificate to be wise. You already wise by virtue of accepting Jesus as Lord and Savior of your life. You are already wise because the spirit of wisdom is in you. The challenge you are not exercising and practicing wisdom. Even if you keep quiet, you hear what I'm saying. So he is the truth and he is the way. That's what these names say about him. But let's pick other things there. The Bible has said that only him will rest the government. He is entitled to rule. You're looking for government, which is kingdom, which is leadership, which is rulership, which is lordship. It cannot be found in anyone else but Jesus Christ. He is the instigator of it. He is the source of it. He is the beginning and the end of governance. No one can govern like Jesus. That's why he wants us to copy him, imitate him, follow him, do like him. Because our role here is to manifest his governorship, to manifest his leadership, his rulership, his kingdom. You are supposed to do it like Jesus. That's why even at the lowest institution of leadership called marriage, he says love as Christ. 
Do you know that's, that's the beginning of leadership? That's the beginning of the institution of leadership, marriage. Yeah? And then you move to the family. And in the family, Paul states it. If you want to be effective in your calling, in the will of God, be one who leads well at home. Are you hearing me this morning? It's all about leadership because Jesus is about leadership. God is about leadership. That's why every believer everywhere, regardless of your age, you are a leader. We don't have to make you a leader. You are a leader. You are born a leader. Because there is a leader inside of you. Hey, we don't have leaders. What are you talking about? All these are leaders. Yeah. We have billions of leaders called Christians. Everyone. Are you with me? Maybe your neighbor didn't hear me. Please remind them I said they are leaders. According to the kingdom, you are a leader because you have the leader inside of you. You follow a leader. You carry a leader inside you. The spirit of God, Jesus himself. You have put on Christ who is the leader, who is reigning. So why can't you be a leader when you are with Christ Jesus? You hear me this morning. I think I'm doing very well here. Then there is mighty God. He shall be called mighty God. He is God incarnate. This is the child. He's born a child. To us, a child is born. And this child will be called mighty God. This child is God incarnate. This child is already God. He looks human. He looks frail. He's Mary's baby. But he's a mighty God. He looks like any Jewish man. He's wearing sandals. And long clothes. Yeah, He is walking up and down. He is pointed fingers at. He is insulted. He is spat on. But he is a mighty God. The reason he looks the way he looks is because of purpose. It's because of the reason why he was born. Are you with me? He didn't have to look glossy and so flamboyant and so expensive like today's people. No, 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 no. Maybe they are looking the way they are looking because of purpose. Congratulations. But with this one, he was lowly. I'm not sure. The Bible doesn't tell us who was sewing his sandals. But you can see him. You can picture him. Isn't it? But he is mighty God. God incarnate. He is the omnipotent one. Yeah. In the flesh. That's God. He says he's the everlasting father. This expresses his fatherly care. Jesus himself says in John 14 verse 9, he who has seen me has seen the father. Do you see this baby born in a manger? You have seen the father. You see this young boy growing up in Joseph's carpenter, is it carpentry room? Yeah. If you've seen him, you have seen the father who is in heaven. You see the 12-year-old boy arguing with the philosophers. Yeah? During those days, you have seen the father. Until you see him to the wedding in Cana, you have seen the father. 
and all the three years doing ministry, doing whatever he's doing, if you saw him, you saw the father. The problem is you didn't know or you didn't want to believe when he told you that when you see me, you have seen the father. You thought he was blaspheming. Just like if I were to say, if you see me this morning, you see Jesus. You would think in Vanavenga, KK is made now. <laughs> yeah? But that is the truth. I am his ambassador. I stand for him. When I speak, he speaks. When I show up, he has showed up. I'm his representative. You reject me, you reject him. Simple. Simple basics. That's why he says, you reject me, Jesus, you reject the Father. You accept me, you accept the Father. Because I and the Father are one. You and Christ are one. The church, the body of Jesus Christ and Jesus is one thing, one entity. How can you accept my hand and you don't want to accept the finger? Because this hand and the finger is it. We are the parts of his body. You heard me this morning. Ladies and gentlemen, can I encourage you? You are like Jesus. Yeah? You are his ambassadors right now. Don't look at your physique. No. Don't look at the length of your nose or whatever. No. Don't look at your background, where you're coming from. No, that's not it. Look at you. The real you inside. That is Jesus. of you. You are in his image and in his likeness. And you were born for such a time as this. To be like him. To show forth his praise. To show forth his wonders. Are you with me this morning? You are not a mistake. Do you think you can go out there and live for Jesus? What are you waiting for? There is no other time. There is no other hour. There is no other moment. There is no context than this one. When the whole world is burning up in lawlessness and in lust, in corruption and everything else, this is the time for you and me to show up in the reason of our birth and manifest the glory of our God. If they cannot see Jesus in us in this context, we are misrepresenting the Christ. Because they must look at you until they come and say, please help me. How do I do this? How do I live? You heard me this morning. He's the prince of peace. His reign is characterized with shalom, with health, with well-being, with prosperity and happiness. And with cessation of enmity. That's why the Bible says, try your best to live with all men in peace. You can't represent Jesus and be violent. You can't represent Jesus and be this harsh and this hard and this unkind and this unbrotherliness. No, you can't represent Christ and be so much carnal and be in the flesh. You're missing something. Our duty is to reduce violence, is to reduce enmity. Ladies and gentlemen, no one is an enemy here. Our enemy is Satan himself. 
Are you with me? Yes. The devil is our enemy. With everyone else, we must try and live in peace. Particularly here. You heard me. That's why you are born. And born again. I say it to you. Jesus, I'm finishing. This is my last. In John chapter 1, verse 12 and verse 13. Maybe it will not appear. Let me just show this. John chapter 1, verse 12 and 13. If you got your Bible, listen to what the Bible says. It says here, but as many as received him, to them he gave the right to become children of God to those who believe in his name. Verse 13, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of men, but of God. Ladies and gentlemen, Jesus was born not of flesh, not of the will of men, but he was born of God. It's given. You, you agree with that, aren't you? And he says, those who received him, you and me, yeah? When we received him, he made his children. And guess what? We are now no longer born of the will of men, of the flesh, but we are now born of God. That's why we needed the second birth. The first birth was the will of men. Your father and your mom decided. And boom, you came. But in the time of God. Get that? And then you needed to be reborn again into the purposes of God for your life, which is reborn again. This time, not by the will of men, because no one wills out there. The flesh does not will that you be born again. The flesh does not will that you be a child of God. No. But this time you are born of God. Boom. I'm born again. I'm a new creation in Christ Jesus. That's who I am now. And the old man, the flesh man is gone. And Jesus came to depict that. How this born again man ought to live. You are a man of purpose. You are a man of assignment. You are a man of victory. You are a man of love. You are a man of resilience. You are a man of perseverance. You don't quit. You don't give up. Because this man showed it, patented it, lived it, demonstrated it, and says, follow me. And when you follow me, I'll live. And when you begin to do that, you walk straight into the reasons for your birth, into the purposes of your birth, because your birth must fulfill it. The purpose of his birth. When I'm doing what I'm doing, I'm no longer doing it for me. That's why Paul says it's no longer I who lives, but Christ lives in me. Yeah? Because now what I do must fulfill why he was born. It must fulfill why he went to the cross. Why he died and rose again. Hallelujah. Are you with me this morning? So can I ask you to go for your purpose? Go for the purpose of your rebirth. You have been born again, born of God for such a time as this. It's not an error. Don't be afraid. 
Don't be afraid of the world. Don't be afraid of the enemy. Don't be afraid of anything you were born for this. You can do it. You can do all things through Christ Jesus who strengthens you. Ladies and gentlemen, you can be healthy in this period. You can prosper in this period. You can be influential in this period. You can blossom in this period. You can be the best business person, the best teacher, the best everything in this context because you have been born for such a time as this. So don't be scared. Are you with me this morning? Give your neighbor a high five and say we can do this. Because that's why we are poor. And born into it, born into victory, born into something we can imagine. Bigger than our cultures and bigger than everything else. His name is Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Who is coming soon. Let's bow our heads and pray. Our God and our Father, we thank you this morning in the name of Jesus for your word for your inspiration, for your encouragement. Lord, for the reason of our birth and the reason of the Lord Jesus' birth. Help us to understand, Lord, even as we tune in into why he was born. Because that's why you took hold of us. And this morning, we surrender again our lives, our beings, and our everything into your hands. Use us. Use us in this generation that we may glorify your name. We aren't looking back, we aren't going backwards. Oh God, help us to be bold. Help us to be courageous. Help us to walk by faith. Help us to walk in love. Help us to do that which you want us to do. That your name be glorified. Today and forever, in Jesus' name, Lord, we pray. Amen and amen.